It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. And action, away we go. Welcome to Here's Your Freaking Podcast with the Jason Lee Club Show. It's pretty great. This week, for the first time, we get to say... One million listens strong. If you've been a part of this podcast, thank you so much for helping us get to the one million mark. The thundering herd of Here's Your Freaking Podcast enthusiasts now numbering over a million. Uh, You can also, if you would like to help us get to two million quicker than we got to one million, please share this podcast. If you know somebody that likes this sort of humor, you know, this sort of humor, uh, let them know. Share it on social media. Turn some new people on. That way we'll get to two million quicker than it took us to get to a million. Coming up in today's podcast, we'll find out what happens when your friends pull a cruel prank on you in place of a surprise party. Uh, The most disgusting thing you're going to hear all day, a young lady recounts her experience of eating her placenta smoothie. (laughs) We'll find out why the nice guy in you is ruining your life. We'll find out how do you survive a long-distance relationship. How do you get through the sex stuff? We've got a mom who creates a first-time sex starter kit for her son, and now she'd like to share it with the rest of us. And uh, there's some the, the mom makes some comments on here that if you if you heard these words coming out of your mom's mouth, you would jump off a bridge. Uh, and also, um, you know what? We got the worst person on the planet. Uh, this is a, a pretty gross story too. There's a lot of gross stuff in the podcast today. Good, good. Hope you're finished with your lunch. Let's begin right here. Um, Japanese schools, I didn't know this, have had a white underwear-only policy for a long time. And now (laughs) schools in Japan are introducing a brand new rule that students have to follow. When I say students, I mean, well, half of the students. Female students in Japan are now banned from wearing their hair in ponytails. Hmm. Because the nape of their necks could sexually excite the male students. Hmm. It doesn't stop on ponytails and uh, underwear color. Schools in Japan also enforce restrictions like the color of your socks, your skirt length, the shape of your eyebrows. And if a student's hair isn't black or straight, they must show proof that it's their natural hair color. Weird. Super weird. I was trying to wear some fun underpants and got my my shit in trouble at school. Uh, All right, so this lady's... uh, She's... Wondering if she overreacted here. Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. As we get through this, I don't know if she overreacted or not. She's 20 years old. She's talking about a disastrous birthday party that she had. She's hoping to get some support from folks on social media. She says that when she woke up on her birthday a couple of weeks ago, absolutely no one acknowledged her special day. Oh, that's shitty. 16 candles. Maybe they were they forgot waiting. my birthday. Maybe Classic. They, maybe they were waiting. It was going to be a surprise party. I walked downstairs to my kitchen and my mom was reading the newspaper, completely ignored me. She even had some demands about cooking and cleaning, so my day already started off terribly. Hey, but it's my birthday. That'd be the first words out of my mouth. Like, you know it's my birthday, right? My dad and my brother both ignored me as well. Normally, my dad wishes me at least a happy birthday, but today he said nothing. Her friends, Nothing. I felt miserable, alone, and ignored all day, as no one remembered that it was my birthday. Oh, feeling crappy, she... About the whole day, she headed home with a small birthday cake she'd bought for herself. Oh, so sad. That's awful. 
<laughs> I guess I'll just have my party of one then. When she got there, she was greeted by all of her friends and her family who were throwing her a surprise party. It turns out ignoring her was part of the plan. Yeah, that seems like classic surprise birthday party shenanigans. But she wasn't happy about it. They told me how they'd all been excited to surprise me, and I just couldn't help myself but feel upset. They ignored me throughout the entire day. And I was worried about, well, is it something I did? Am I not that important? They all wanted me to be happy and chatty. Instead, she said, I just took off and went to McDonald's. I don't know, man. If they went through all the effort of keeping up that charade all day, I'd say that they they must like you quite a bit, right? She said that her phone was blowing up with messages about how wrong she had been to leave the party, but folks on social media tend to agree that she had every right to be happy. Uh, it's a surprise party. It's not supposed to be a prank and a mean one at that. That's a pretty good point. It's like they all thought they had to be awful all day so you'd be extra surprised. That's right. That means 90% of your birthday is crap and you're feeling bad about yourself and you're feeling lonely. For what? A 10% payoff? Uh, you at least get some pretty good gifts out Somebody of them? says throwing a party does not make up for completely destroying somebody's self-worth for a day. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most honest reply. Mm. Well, it's not cake, but it is a birthday surprise. A 39-year-old mom... She got four kids. She says placenta pills gave her more energy and made breastfeeding easier. What? Now, we used to do this on the farm. It was like standard operating procedure when a mammal gives birth on the farm. You, The first thing you do is let the mother eat the placenta because it's packed with minerals and vitamins. Then and why is it when women do it, we get disgusted? Well, when an animal does it, and I've seen it happen, they kind of like slurp it up and it just like, it's like, you know that skittle spit that comes out and goes right back in? It's sure. kind of like that. It just, they sort of... Eat it and suck it up. But that's an animal. I've heard of, like, hippie women being into this. This woman recounts her story. She said, As I packed my hospital bag ahead of the birth of my second baby back in 2013, there was something I was determined to fit in there alongside with my newborn sleep suits and sugary snacks that would get me through labor. It was a three-liter plastic container that I had used... For lasagna, leftovers a couple of weeks before, but now I needed it to hold my placenta, (laughs) which I planned on eating after giving birth. She says, yeah, I know you probably think it's gross. Yeah, we think it's gross because it is gross. I am all too aware of the looks whenever I mention it. Yeah, she knows that she's doing some weird shit. She said, maybe it's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard, said her, her husband. But, you know, a wife being a wife and you wanting to live a happy life, he's got to fucking go along with it. Uh, Just make sure you wash the Nutribullet afterwards, please, babe. The wife says, he was even less impressed when I told him it was going to cost $209 to get my placenta properly prepared. And a separate... Oh, God. uh, Oh, you have to have a midwife come in and collect the placenta at the hospital. And that was going to cost extra. And then that midwife who collects your placenta will turn it into capsules. And then, uh, oh, it says right here, to make the capsules. How do you get placenta capsules? You got to dry it out and probably grind it up, right? The placenta is steamed with lemon, ginger, and green chili using traditional Chinese medicine techniques. And then it's dehydrated. The average size, oh, the average size placenta gives you about 100 plus capsules. 
that will last for several months after your baby is born. All right, that's not as bad as... I thought she was going to take the placenta and just whip it up into a smoothie and chug it Rocky style. She does. She said, I also ordered the raw placenta smoothie, which is an extra $39. (laughs) It's a remarkably ordinary-sounding berry smoothie with berries, bananas, and fruit juices. There's the one extra ingredient, though. Uh, There's some placenta in there for good measure. The idea, she says, of ingesting an organ, let alone you've given birth to, doesn't sound appealing, but I had my reasons. She says, exhausted, moody, I struggled with breastfeeding with my first baby uh, two and a half years ago. I had painful episodes uh, where I would wake up shaking and feverish and the worst pain I'd ever experienced. I bled heavily for weeks after the birth. After some research, she found that the plac- the eating the pl- consuming the placenta will alleviate all of those symptoms. I am now my most powerful form. Boy, that's what it sounds like. Placenta, uh, ingesting the placenta may include fewer mood swings, lower rates of postpartum depression, better milk production, as well as higher energy and quicker healing. Uh, This woman says, obviously, she doesn't regret it at all. She said, after giving birth the second time, as I nuzzled and nursed my newborn at the bed, my husband was tasked with getting the very important placenta and getting it to the midwife who arrived at the hospital to collect it. Jesus, dude. I remember telling him to guard the placenta with your life. (laughs) Let no one hamper your placenta delivery. She said, in what was truly one of the most bizarre requests I've ever made in my life. Yeah. (laughs) The husband collected it. Boom. So she said, I was excited. A few weeks later, uh, a gorgeous purple frosted glass bottle. My capsules arrived. Uh, Because my baby was big, over 10 pounds. Oh, man. I had over 200 capsules to keep me going. (laughs) Oh, no. this This is terrible, too. She said, I sent my baby's umbilical cord dehydrated. And had it shaped into a heart. I haven't framed it yet, but I can't bear to get rid of it. Now, that's cool. I remember our dog ate ours with our oldest daughter. I dropped it on the floor and I was changing a diaper and the dog ate it. My mom had that and uh, I think a, my first clipping of hair in like an envelope somewhere. And I remember thinking, are you planning on cloning me? It doesn't take long, she says. It didn't take long, she says, for me to get hooked on the capsules. It only, which I take a few times a day. They don't taste like anything. But they helped me feel uh, full of energy and I'm full of milk. I healed quicker after my after than I did with my firstborn. It's like HGH Ooh. for the lady. She's like, fuck, I'm crushing it at the gym. My squats have never been higher. Pounding out reps, motherfucker. All right. According to alphamale.com, nice guys, uh, nice guy things that'll ruin your life. What happens when you're a nice guy? Well, you finish last is what we've been taught to believe, right? People call you a simp on the internet. Being nice is a good thing. There's too much stress that goes along with being called the nice guy, though. Too much of a good thing can be bad, they say. The level of niceness also uh, dictates the level of disrespect, how much pushed around you're going to get, taken advantage of. Don't be the dude who gets makes all the nice guy mistakes. What are the nice guy mistakes? Uh, like kowtowing to every request. They say being chameleon-like... And try to adapting to other people's actions and behaviors. Adapt yours to the surroundings at any given moment. It'll slowly chip away at your self-esteem, and you'll lose focus on who you are and what you want. 
No, they also say, give because you want to give, not because you're expected to give. Nice guys are always expected to give. And if you're just giving because you're expected to, that's dishonest, sneaky, and you're going to get burned. Oh, and you're going to get bitter. Oh, they say, when we can't communicate what we want or we need, you begin to look for backdoor ways to get your stuff. Oh, yeah, and then people start to notice, and then you become an asshole. Oh, they say, stop accepting what life gives you. Make a plan to achieve what you want. Uh Uh-oh. When you accept sexual dissatisfaction. (laughs) Even worse, and we've learned this, it's been beaten into our heads, especially a couple of podcasts back. Communicate, communicate, communicate with your partner. You may not get everything, but at least you're doing something about it. Can I get uh, what dirty old fat kid gets? Uh-huh. Uh, no. I cannot. No, you I, certainly can't. Well, I will accept dissatisfaction then. All right. How do you uh, how do you make it through a long-distance relationship sexually? I don't think it's probably ever been easier to do, man. I mean, you got video chat. You got, vi- you got video wherever you're at. Here's what they found. A long-distance relationship may actually be good for the quality of one's sex life. More than half of the people in long-distance relationships say the sex is better when they haven't seen their pet partner for a long time. I think that's that's with everybody. Even if you go without sex for a long time, even if you don't even have to have a partner. When you do finally get sex, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. 39% of people not in long-distance relationships say the same. When it comes to long-distance rela- relationships, here we go. What constitutes long-distance? How often do you see each other? Um, I was in a long-distance relationship for most of my 20s, and it was usually at most once a week, but usually it was like once every few weeks. 35% say every two weeks, a quarter say once a month, 20% say every two weeks, and 9% say six months, 4% go longer than six months. Those are the really long distance. How do these couples sexually satisfy their needs? That's right. Giving yourself the business. <laughs> I was going to say chronic yeah. and round-the-clock masturbating. They say 48% go with the pleasuring themselves option. Uh, that's 10% higher than couples who are not in long-distance relationships. But that number seems low. It seems like if you're in a long-distance relationship, you're fiddling with yourself all the damn time. You got nothing but fiddling time. What's keeping you away from fiddling with yourself all day, Warren? Work? And what else? Your wife coming home. Well, there's that. She screws up a good fiddling all the time, right? <laughs> Half the time she walks in right in the middle of them. You're like, whoa. <laughs> right in the middle of what I'm working on. Yeah. Other ways they satisfy their sexual needs in a long-distance relationship. Uh, watching pornography. Mm-hmm. Phone sex or sexting. Phone sex and sex toys. Or just pleasuring themselves using sex toys alone. Oh, that's what, oh, the imagination. Oh, no. Plus, all the technology, man. It's got to be great. All right, this is awful. Okay, this is this is a, a mom, and she moms great. This, is, this, this woman is a smoke show. She's got two kids, and she just started an app. It's a, it's a first-time sex starter kit. Okay. Uh, she developed the app for her son, who is 16. Her name is Chloe McIntosh. She lives in London. Came up with the idea for a sex education app during lockdown. She launched it. It's called Kama, uh, K-A-M-A. It features guidance for all ages on a number of different topics when it comes to sex. And initially, she had the idea for her 16-year-old son, and then she said, "Wait a minute, why don't I make some cheddar out of this?" 
The starter kit came about organically when her oldest son, Felix, 16, was chatting about sex with his 19-year-old cousin. <laughs> Always a good idea to talk to the older cousin. Yeah, just a couple of dudes hanging out talking about sex with yep. a three-year age gap. The 19-year-old kid's like, yeah, it's pretty great. The 16-year-old's like, I hope I get it someday. Uh, once her... Uh, uh, she began... Uh, oh, they began asking... Oh, when she brought up the fact that, hey, you know, I could give you guys some guidance... And, and when she said that, the 16-year-old kid uh, promptly stabbed himself in the throat. And that was the end of the story. And then that's that's it. No, the, the two boys then began asking her about including different topics into the app, including what position do you start with. This is, I mean, this is great. This is all she didn't know when you were 16. But it's also stuff you probably shouldn't learn from porno either. Uh-uh. Or, you know, I mean, you should probably learn it from, I guess, your mom. But, man, you don't want your mom saying this stuff. Like, hey, mom, what position do I start with? I think if for us, for people our age, it was sex ed, and then like like movies where there was sex, and then eventually porno, and you kind of get the gist of how it's supposed to go. But man, the first time is awful. Ma- uh, mom is the co-founder of Made.com, M-A-D-E.com. She says, we never learn how to relate to create int- intimacy, to listen, or to touch our partners. She said, so the context of what we wanted to put into this app, this sex self-starter kit... There's tips about how to put condoms on, uh, but it's more about relating and uh, all relating to the experience and making sex as relaxed and as comfortable as possible. She says that sex was never a topic in her youth around the house, and she wanted to encourage her sons to have a healthy relationship with sex in the future. She does confess that the topic of sex is unavoidable in their home because there are quote-unquote sex books everywhere as well as, and again, 16-year-old stabbed self in neck. It's the end of the story. The house is filled with poison gadgets. <laughs> I don't think so. Fuck. Uh, Man, mo- imagine that. Growing up in a house full of sex books, I think the best I got to settle for was the cover of Jaws, trying to like stare at it until I saw a nipple. The mother of two explains, after the initial period of resistance, they started coming around and became more used to the topic. So talking about it became more normal. The kit on the app is designed to demystify sex for younger people. There's a video series that you can check out. Oh, even one of the boys has gotten involved in the app now, and he sits down with a sex coach to ask all the questions he has about intimacy, about sex. He asks things like, uh, you know, should I help her take her clothes off? Do you take your own off and leave her to take hers off? I mean, there's a lot of questions you didn't know about when you were 16. That's what sure I still don't know about. Yeah, they're pretty good questions. Uh, uh, like mom, at first we were grossed out, now we're like, yo, it's a pretty good idea. Oh, no, no, it gets worse. Hang on. The mom says she hopes that the app will fill the gap between sex education and what, you know, it's really like. So topics, topics covered include dry humping. <laughs> Fuck. Mom, please don't ever say those two words together. <laughs> How to use your penis inside... There's also guides to foreplay. Okay, Mom, please stop talking. Overcoming sexual anxiety. Okay. And partaking in anal. <laughs> hey, why sure, waste your time on that? Up. Yeah. Uh, she confesses that she uh, obviously hoped that the app empowers younger people to openly discuss sex. And, 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 and this is not, nope, uh-uh. She says she hopes the app empowers youngsters to openly discuss sex and pleasure with their parents 
No siblings fucking and peers. Way. Yeah. How about I just download the app and just fucking be quiet about it? Yeah. I don't even like discussing pleasure with my wife. Uh-uh. Pleasure? Would you like to have a discussion about pleasure? Is this something you find pleasure in? <laughs> Did you find pleasure in our last experience? Oh, God, that makes my skin crawl. Hey, just the word pleasure. Oh, I hate it. Like, All right, this guy. What was the condom that was ribbed for her pleasure? You're yeah. like, oh, God, pleasure. All right, here's the worst person on the planet. This guy uh, not going to be winning any Neighbor of the Year awards. For some unknown reason, a 64-year-old Florida man uh, stripped down to his bare ass, walked over to his neighbor's porch, and uh, left a steamer on their glass table. Mm. Mm. Here's the worst part. I think they call that a hot plate. Uh, what they call that a Cleveland steamer? Was that <laughs> what they call that? Um, the worst part, and I think I—I I don't know if I would want to know or if I just the mystery. I think, but home security footage was undeniable that it was the neighbor. I wouldn't want to like, find out it's a neighbor that I thought liked me uh-huh. or that I liked. It's like Steve from next door. Yeah, he came over to shit on my table, yeah. but I thought we were boys. Uh, it led to the quick arrest of the 64-year-old man. I guess it's better than being like a 64-year-old woman, like, you know, the lady down the street's like, I'm going to steam one up on your coffee table. Uh, led to his quick arrest by local police. Hey, he's, hey, they threw him in jail. Good, good, good. Hey, they, they say he's, he's, he's been hit with a ton of different charges from the incident. He's got to sell his house after that, right? You can't uh, be the guy that shits in someone else's yard and still stay in the neighborhood. I don't think so. Uh, because the rest of the word get, it gets around to the rest of the neighborhood. Everybody else knows. They're like, you'll be shunned. Guy, what's this guy's name? Plus, if somebody buys your house, like, oh, that's where the shitter used to live. Yeah, Kenneth Clark Carlisle. He's the he's the shitter. That's the guy, and everybody in the neighborhood knows it. Oh, it's terrible. So there you go. There's the worst person on the planet. Yep, I don't think it gets worse than that. Again, thanks for helping us reach one million listens with here's your freaking podcast. Again, if you dig it, share it. If not, share it anyway. Maybe somebody will dig it. And we'll get to that $2 million a little bit quicker. Every Tuesday, you get a brand new episode. Uh, stay up to date, all things JLNK, by heading over to jlnkshow.com. And we will see you next Tuesday. Podcasts by Federated Media.